Hello. Oh, hi, it's Steph. How's it going? I'm all right. How are you? Not too bad. Well, I guess right. since time is short, we should cut straight to the chase. <laughs> sure. So you are sitting on a letter. I am. And it wasn't, uh, you know, when I wrote it out, it was just sort of, um, I don't know, writing itself, it felt like, you know, and it wasn't uh, a very consciously thought out letter. And then when I reread it, I thought, my, this is kind of long and probably has extra things. So I offered it up for other folks to help me find things that I could change about it. Can you, and would you mind reading it uh, to to me? I've had a look at it, but just to remind me. Sure. Um, I need to get to that spot. Sure, no problem. On the board. Just as you're doing that, um, is this a letter that is in your mind, at least at the moment, a, a, a permanent separation or is it a trial separation? In my mind, I can't. I can't think of any reason it would just be uh, a trial. Okay, so there's nothing that you expect coming back that is going to change and 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 so on, like that's going to alter what you want to do. Well, I mean that's that's how I feel. That's how I feel about it consciously, but. Um, yeah, looking at the letter, it feels like there is quite a bit. Yeah, I mean, the sense that I got from the letter, and just let me know when you've got it, but the sense that I got was that you wanted them to understand something. Mm-hmm. Or, in a right. sense, to understand why you were doing what you were doing. Right. Yeah, and that's... And that's, and that's not bad, right? I, 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 I mean, obviously, there's no right or wrong in these things. It's not bad. I just I was curious the degree to which you were aware of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was and I was aware of it. I just it's um it's tough because I haven't communicated much at all with them in, you know, uh, quite a while. And Which sorry, which, just to interrupt. <laughs> I apologize, but yeah. but that is that is communicating a lot, right? Oh, sure, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's saying, right, it's speaking volumes in silence for sure. Right. Okay, I think I have it up now. Also, I know that um, uh, Nala had expressed an interest in listening in on this. If she could do that, I would be, I would be all right with that. Oh, sure, I can add her. Excellent. I have the letter. Should I just uh, read it now? All right. Uh, It says, "Mom and Dad, for a long time now, I've been avoiding anxiety concerning our relationship. I don't feel that we're as close." as people who genuinely love one another should be. It's my long-standing fear of bringing this up that motivates my letter. I need some time alone to explore my emotions and enrich my life. I have not been genuinely and fully happy for many years, though I have gone through periods of seeming so. I want to be truly happy and truly honest and truly capable of love, but I cannot do that with such crushing anxiety and fear weighing me down. I need some time off from the family. I need time to myself to explore why I feel this way and to and to work to make it go away. Are you still there? Yeah. I think I lost yes, I am. Sorry, go ahead. No, that's... Uh, I need some time to myself to explore why I feel this way and to work to make it go away to what extent I can. 
forever. I'm going to start seeing a therapist in order to work uh, in order to work to remove things from my life that are blocking my path to true success and happiness. If you're adversely affected by my decision in any major way, I suggest you do the same for the sake of your own happiness and for the sake of Tyler's happiness too. Tyler is my brother. Uh, this is not a decision I made hastily or take lightly. To the contrary, this is the hardest thing I've ever done. So I've made damn sure it's the right decision for me and for my happiness. I don't expect it to seem like a good decision to you, but please trust that my head is in the right place and that I'm actually as smart and rational and thoughtful and compassionate as everyone has said all these years. I want to do great things in life, and I need this time of exploration and healing of whatever, of whatever old wounds I can find before I can even hope for the chance at greatness. Please respect my wish to not be contacted. I can't control what you do, of course, and I'd never want to, but I know that working through this on my own is the only way to be successful. I know this will be hard on you, but know that this is the best thing for me right now. I need some time away and will contact you when I feel ready. Please feel free to, feel free to drop my cell phone from the family share plan. I'll do this myself if I have the account authorization. I barely use it anyway and have other means of communications that serve me just fine. Please only use those channels of communication with me in the case of extreme emergency. And then I signed it with my name. And uh, how do you feel about the letter now? Uh, reading it back, some of it seems kind of goofy, like I'm... Sorry, uh, I don't think anything is goofy in the letter, J just my opinion. Um, no, you're right. You're right. Um, you're right, that's not the right word to use for it. But I noticed some things that I didn't notice while I was writing it, or even until just now reading it out loud here. Um, the In the last... I mean, notably in the last paragraph, other than the stuff that was mentioned in the in the replies to the post on on the board, I noticed in the last paragraph I say, you know, I know this will be hard on you, but know that it's the best thing for me right now. It's like I'm, um, like I like I'm, uh, you know, cushioning a blow or making it. Uh, I don't know, like asking for permission. Yeah, I, I mean, obviously your perceptions are the most important. I don't get that sense. I do get that um, you are treating them with a great deal of sensitivity, which mm -hmm. obviously is not, not a crime or not a bad thing. But um, is, is it the family belief, as you say, that, that you are uh, a sensitive and, and, and so on person? Right, that's the that's the, the a pretty well held uh, belief in the extended family as well. So, if your family were a boy band, you'd be the sensitive one, right? That'd be the yeah, I'd be the sensitive crying one. Right. Okay. <laughs> and or the smart one, maybe a combination. Right, sensitive and smart are not often uh, separated characteristics. So. It seems that I think there's a kind of cruelty in the letter, to be honest with you. That's, that's my thought or my impression. I, I think, and that's why I asked you at the beginning what your purpose was with the letter. I think you're holding out a hope. Okay. 
that that as far as I can see doesn't exist. Okay. And so there's a cruelty in in my in which which aspect I'm well, it, just think of it like a divorce. And again, this this could be completely wrong, right? It could be the complete mm-hmm. opposite. It's just my thought, right? But if you think of it like a divorce, if if I'm divorcing my wife and I've just decided, like, we're done, right? I uh, uh, She doesn't want kids and I do. Uh, I already uh, am interested in someone on the side. I want to move to Australia. I want to take up mime at the Sorbonne. I mean, whatever it is, I've decided that the marriage is no good, right? Mm-hmm. What's the kindest way... To tell my wife that. Um, uh, just, just like you've said right now, just that you have, well, that it's, that it's not going to work, and I'm sorry and goodbye. Yeah, and I have no interest in making it work, and I have no goal to try and fix it, and I have, like, none of these things have at all any interest for me. It's painful, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. But it's it's the kindest thing that you can do, because in order to take the Band-Aid off slowly, you end up taking off, like, a limb, right? Because if I were to say to my wife, well, let's separate for a little bit, I'll go to therapy, maybe you go to therapy, um, you know, we'll see where we mm-hmm. stand in a month, and, right, all I'm doing is dragging it out, right? Right. Which is kind of cruel, right? Right. And I don't mean to say that you have a cruel bone in your body. I'm not. I'm not trying to put put that down. I'm just. I'm just saying that. Mm-hmm. There's a kind of coyness, or maybe maybe in the letter. Right. Yeah. There's a kind of dangling, which is the same. Which is the same thing that happens also while I'm. Uh, to whatever degree I have, you know, a part in it that while I'm going for weeks or months at a time without answering their calls and then, you know, and then I answer one. Right. Now, that probably has a lot to do with their desires, right? I mean, one of the reasons that we separate from families is that we have absorbed their desires to the point where we don't even remember what we want out of the relationship, right? So, again, I'm not saying that you're being cruel or, or you're sitting there going, right. boo-ah-ha, how can I make this as painful as possible? But um, if, if your goal is to exit the family uh, with as little, as little fuss, I mean, there'll be fuss, right? But as little fuss as possible, yeah. then my strong suggestion, and having coached a bunch of people through this, this, again, there's some evidence because the final decision is yours, but if you want to take a a little bit of advice, Mm -hmm. just to write something which says, you know, I'm working on my own issues. I'm going to take an indefinite period of time off from the family. If and when I feel comfortable getting back in touch, I will do do so. And then you can, you know, obviously include the technical things of the cell phone and so on, right? Right, right. But I think providing reasons is kind of aggressive. Like, when I... I had a a seven-year... Not quite seven years, and we were long distance for lots of time, but it was a long relationship. And, you know, when you're done with a relationship, you actually don't need to correct the other person. Right. 
you don't need to fix them. Uh, you don't need to change their behavior. You don't need to like. When I was left, when I was done with that, <laughs> I just I moved out. I said this relationship is not going to work. I am not going to continue. There's no chance of us getting back together. I'm going to move on. Uh, whatever you want to do is fine with me. And we had some technical stuff, like anybody who extricates themselves. We had technical stuff to work on, but I didn't feel the need to say, well, I just don't feel loved, or I feel that there's aggression in the relationship, or I feel that, mm -hmm. uh, that there's selfishness, I feel like I don't need to correct her, because I'm done. Right. Like, when you quit a job, you don't give your boss all this advice, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> now, I'm simplifying this, and I understand the complexity, right. but I, I just kind of oh, wanted yeah. to break it down at that level for you. Yeah, that makes, I mean, that makes great sense. And I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of where the desire to do that came from. And I think it's largely to do with um, that I haven't brought these ideas up with them. Right. Now, that's, that's the part that I wanted to talk about. Because either yeah. this is happening because you really don't care, but you want to soften the blow, or there's a conversation that you still right. need to have. Right. And I just... Um, for a very long time now, I have been um, avoiding that conversation and trying to have the conversation and then avoiding it. Well, you don't try to have the conversation, right? Right. I mean, sorry to be annoying, right? It's uh, it's like an old acting teacher would say to me, you know, I would sit there be an emotional scene. I'm trying to cry, and right? and he'd say right. he'd you put me in front of a chair and he'd say, try and sit down, right? Why? You just sit down or you don't, right? You don't try to sit right. down and you don't try to open your mouth and speak the truth, right? You either do or you don't, right? Right. Well, and I haven't. And I have, uh, you know, been in conversations where, you know, it, I'm, it's, it's really um, tough. And it's, you know, and it's because, it's because I know, you know, I know them well enough to know their reactions to any of it. Not any of it, not everything, you know. And if right, but you're, reaction, sorry to interrupt, but you're, and I'm just, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I know that time is relatively pressing. Yeah. But you're still a little torn. In fact, probably more than a little torn, right? Because if you genuinely, like, you don't have to have the conversation with them. Right. You, you right. don't. You don't have to do anything. Right. But right. But there are some practical consequences to having or not having that conversation. So if you have the conversation, you will get a certain kind of emotional understanding. The defoo is not about sending a letter and it's not about not calling your okay. parents. Like what it is about is coming to certainty about the nature of the relationship or rather the lack of a relationship. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're saying, well, you guys should go to therapy, I'm going to go to therapy, uh, you know, maybe I'll be in touch in a couple of months. What, what I get from that is that you're avoiding this conversation because you know exactly how it's going to go, but you're avoiding that knowledge of how it's going to go. Right. You mean avoiding the absolute knowledge by actually having it? Yeah, 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 for sure. Because it's very painful. Right? It puts us right back in the crib, almost, in terms of family history, right? Yeah. The last time you probably openly stated your demands to your family, you were probably about two years old, right? Right. 
So going back to re-experience that rejection or that uh, coldness or that hostility is really, it's painful down in the core, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, it absolutely is. And you don't have to do it, but if you accept or if you picture it or if you meditate on it or if you think about it or if you do a ecosystem conversation with it, I'm happy to help you with that if that would help, but if you get how it's going to go in your gut, you don't actually have to have the conversation, right? Yeah. I did do, for the first time last night, I did do the meditation. Oh, yeah. How'd that uh, go? You put together? I mean, I know that's separate, a little bit different, but if I went, it was extraordinarily powerful for me. Like, it was amazingly powerful for me. Right. I'm very um, glad. Yeah, I've I've never had any success with anything like that before, any kind of meditation type stuff or relaxation type stuff before because it, uh, I don't know why it, it just feels um, uncomfortable and I can't uh, get into it. But last night I did. I was tired. I was tired already, and I and I tried it, and it had an immense emotional effect. Um, well, I think I'm a trusted voice too, right? I didn't want to do that stuff right. earlier because otherwise it'd be freak people out. But I think that I'm a trusted voice, so I think people can right. relax and not feel like self-conscious and kind of weird. That's a good point, yeah. So with this conversation, right, mm -hmm. the, the important thing is just not to avoid the root emotional causes of the defu. And, and if you think that there's a chance, as you say in the letter, that if the okay, what, what do you think the odds are they're going to go to therapy if you send this letter? Um, very low. Like what? Like three percent. Maybe, yeah. I mean, that's just a guess. Okay, sure, got it. And um, that's not something that. Like, I mean, defoo, like, if you defoo and they go to therapy and they call you and you want to refoo, so what? You could do that. People get remarried all the time, right? Mm hmm But with the knowledge that you have right now, the cost-benefit seems to be fairly clear, that it's painful and difficult for you to be in contact with them. The odds of them changing are minuscule, to say the least, right? Right. Because even if they went for therapy... You know, if you say, well, there's a 3% chance going to therapy, what are the odds they're actually going to stick with it and succeed over 6 or 12 months or 18 months? Right, exactly. Yeah. Also, quite low. Right. So we're talking about a 3% chance of a 3% chance, which is statistically, you know, you'll get killed by being stung by a bee first, right? Right. Right. So if, I mean, the, the, the Defu letter has to be based in my opinion, on a real emotionally grounded reality. Mm -hmm. So if you don't feel that there's any statistically significant chance of them turning this relationship around, and I I mean, I'm sure you're right, and you've heard my 10 to 1 argument, right? So, right. So there would have to be like, what, two, 300 years of perfect behavior before you could turn this relationship around, even not counting the first impression problem. So... But I, I think that if you understand that and if you work through that emotional despair and sadness and loss and rejection and it, – I mean, it's a terribly sad thing to have to go through this process. Yeah. It's really heartbreaking. Yeah, it is. And it's um, a slow process for me at least. Just no, everyone. Because, it's slow for everyone. Well, 
I'm glad to hear that because it feels wrenchingly slow and um and uh I've been I've been avoiding action in so many areas of my life because of this. I'm I'm almost certain. I mean, I can't can't everything always ends up pointing back to back to this same avoidance, but you know, it it, it there's so many there's so many other things that that point back this way too. And it's yeah, it's really hard. It is. I mean, and it took me I got to think at least 5 years. Um and uh I was in therapy for 3 hours a week. Christina separated 4 or 5 years ago. She gets a call from her uncle. It still causes her upset. I mean, it's yeah. it's a slow and and never permanent. We we can never be the people as if we've never defood, right? I mean, we hope to take the All best right. of that, but so it is slow, and it is, and, and none of what I'm saying it is a criticism at all. I mean, if this is the right thing for you to do, and I'm sure that it is, then you to be in, immensely, you know, praised and and admired and respected for the courage of what it is that you're doing, particularly given, as you say, your sensitivity and uh, your obvious emotional intelligence. But I just, I really, I really felt from that letter mm-hmm. that it was almost like a last ditch wake up people letter yes yes that is yeah and if you have that feeling you're not i'm sorry go ahead and i think it's because i haven't had the conversation with them about how i you know my experience of the relationship and then rtr with them right right because i haven't because i haven't come to them and said i think real honesty is a value. I think real love is a value based on virtue. And, you know, I, I, you know, I haven't brought it up with them. And it's, and I don't, um, and I don't think it's something like, right, I don't, I don't expect it to be something that they, that they get or understand. It's just, um, yeah, that some. I mean, I'll, when I avoid it, I tell myself that uh, they simply won't be interested, so there's no point. Right. That's not true. No. That's yeah. And, and that's probably why you're still in this "there's hope" thing, right? I can guarantee mm-hmm. you that the moment that you bring this up to your parents, they will get it right to the core of their souls because everyone does. Mm-hmm. Everyone does. And the reason the reason you're avoiding it is not because you don't think that they'll get it, because you know damn well they will completely get it. Right? Maybe not consciously, maybe not with the sophistication of people who are psychologically self-aware, but they'll get it, right? Right. Um, I mean, tell me, tell me if I'm wrong, because otherwise there'd be no anxiety, right? You're, no, you're exactly right. There's – yeah. I mean, if I go up and speak uh, speak uh, speak to speak Mandarin to someone who doesn't speak Mandarin, they won't get what I'm saying, but I won't be terribly afraid of that conversation, right? Right. Yeah. No, that makes that makes total sense, and I've yeah, and I've understood that before. It's amazing the extent to which uh, I, I'm able to instantly identify the exact same defense in somebody else. You know, and then allow it to, and, and then that same defense is is uh, 
<laughs> is working on me for for months at a time, and I don't even recognize that it's you know the same like like from hearing previous conversations or something like this you know through FDR. And look, I mean, the the reason that I think this is so important uh, is that if you if you disengage without that foundational understanding, that emotional understanding of what you're doing, inevitably you will simply find parent substitutes or they will find you. Mm, yeah. I mean, this exorcism has to go all the way to the basement, right? Otherwise, <laughs> the ghosts right. come back, right? No, that's, yeah, you're totally right. If I mean, if if, for instance, you have a defense called they just don't understand, then you will be susceptible in the future to people who feign ignorance. Right. So what is it that you think will occur emotionally for your parents if you were to bring this topic up? And my my suggestion would be, because you talked a lot about, you know, well, I value love and I value honesty and so on, right? That is not the conversation. Sorry, to be, to be even more right. annoying. That's not the conversation. Oh, right. What is the conversation? The conversation is... The conversation is... The reason I don't answer... When you call is because I don't want to talk to you. And I haven't wanted to for a long time. And I think it's because of... Uh, and I feel an immense amount of anxiety. And um, and I have for a very long time. And, the, and just express that I want to talk about that. Right. And so what is it that you would say after that? Let's assume they don't interrupt. Of course they will, and they'll explain it away, and they'll minimize. But let's say they don't. What is it that you want to say? And, um, I, well, I would say that I can't be, a, you know, I'm not exactly certain of what the reason is that I feel that anxiety, but I have felt it for a long time. And, um, and... Well, no, see, because now I want to go into theories. Yes, you're right. I, I totally get that, right? <laughs> I totally get You're like, let me read you these sections from RTR, and then I'll play you a podcast, and then I'll draw you a diagram, and I remember this cognitive thing that uh, Christina did in Miami, which I can download, and right? You want to go yeah. into professor, right? I want to say, right, I want to say, and I want to give a list of reasons I feel the anxiety, which is, you know. You want evidence, right? Like your courtroom. This is, but it's not a courtroom conversation. There's not a conviction, right? Right, because you say, and you're entirely right to say so. Do you value honesty, right? Mm-hmm. What is your fundamental issue, emotionally, with your family? Let me know if you want any help, because I, I know you're <laughs> gonna look. You're gonna look for when I was eight, and then when I was ten, and right. My fundamental well i mean i I mean I want to say the stated 
problem I've had with them so much lately is that I'm not well it's not it's not the fundamental emotional issue what's um, the fundamental emotional reality of your experience with your family one of uh, one of like being I can't think of the emotion, the words that go with it. Do you what want to hear? Do you want to hear any? I mean, uh, I can give you. A, I'm sorry. One of in of enslavement. Yeah, that's not a feeling. I mean, I appreciate that. That's very intellectual, right? Do you want me to give you two seconds of what I said to my family? Yes. And this is not this is not a template. This was my experience, but this is sort of what I'm talking about, and you can tell me if it resonates with you at all. Okay. I sat down with them and I said. My heart is broken. My heart is broken. I don't experience love from this family. I don't experience respect. I feel like I'm just around. I feel like I'm entertaining. I feel, I feel sad. I feel bitter. I feel angry. I feel lost. I feel... Like I'm here and I'm a million miles away at the same time. I, I hate that feeling. Yeah. I feel so lonely in this family. I feel afraid. I feel like I have to watch what I say. I feel like I can't be who I am. I feel like I got a censor. I feel nervous. I feel a lot of anger about stuff in the past, about stuff in the present. I feel afraid to bring it up. I feel like I'm walking on eggshells all the time. I feel this incredible desire, this need to run away. I feel unbelievable fear at the moment. My hands are shaking. I feel like I'm going to be sick when I bring up things that are real for me. I feel like this family is its going to go up like Hiroshima. And I have not felt connected to this family that I can ever remember. I have not felt secure within this family ever that I can remember. I don't feel relaxed or peaceful around this family. I feel, I feel jumpy. I feel nervous. I feel insecure. I feel anxious when I'm around this family. When the phone rings and it's you or you or you, my heart drops. But that's my actual experience when one of you tries to contact me. I feel a kind of dread of things like Christmas and, and Thanksgiving and birthdays. I feel like I have to yeah, gear up or, or suit up armor or, or put on a happy face. or it's, it's, it's surreal. It's unreal what happens to me when I'm around family events. I feel like I'm in some sort of weird play or, or, or theater drama. 
so I, I mean obviously that, that that was just part of it but but that's the kind of stuff where I was really talking about and I wasn't blaming and I wasn't providing evidence and I wasn't accusing and I wasn't perfect with it because you can't be right sometimes I'd say I feel you know like I'm just going to get attacked which is not a feeling or whatever but that's as close as I could remember the conversation that I had which was very much this is my actual experience and emotional reality within this family right and a, and a really good portion of that resonates with me too. Except where you're, where with your family, there's there the fears built in from attack. With my family, there are, is I like we're around holidays. There's an immense boredom, rather than you know rather than eggshells. But I suppose that the boredom is the avoidance of the eggshells. Well, if you point out the boredom, what happens? Really? Right, <laughs> right. You're going to get attacked, right? Or, yeah, right, or just uh, ignored, you know, told, well, if you're bored, go do something interesting, you know. Well, but then you could say, well, why is it that I'm around my family and I'm bored? That doesn't seem right. Uh, right. Why should I have to go outside my family to get spiritual nourishment? Now, of course, my speech didn't go like that. I mean, it did, but it took a long time because I would kept getting interrupted or people would get up to, to go out the room or they'd whatever, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm thirsty. They'd try and head it off. They'd come back and try and change the topic, right? Mm -hmm. You'd never get that speech. That's only in the movies, right? Right, right. But that's, and, and I, I'm, not, I'm not, certainly not trying to tell you how to do it. Please, I hope you understand that. I'm just I saying that, that if you lecture or if you go abstract or if you provide evidence, then what you're doing is setting up a debate. This conversation right. is not a debate. Right. Right, because you can't debate someone into caring for you. All you can do is make your reality as clear to them as humanly possible through real honesty, openness, vulnerability. And either it's going to connect with something or it's not. But the moment you start bringing up, you know, facts or evidence or abstract arguments or theory, then it becomes a debate and the connection is lost. Because no one can... If, if I said, this family constantly rejects me and therefore I feel lonely, what are they going to say? They're going to think of time as when they didn't reject you. Right. They're going to say, oh, look at all this support, and I this, and I read your books, and I came to your plays, and of course, right? That doesn't right. help, right? Right. But if I say I feel incredibly lonely here in this environment, and I don't provide a single explanation or justification for that, because I don't need to justify my feelings. We only need to justify our feelings if we don't think they're valid, right? Or we feel like we need to prove to people that our feelings are real. If we know that our feelings are real, we don't need to provide evidence, right? I don't need to say to my wife, I love you because, and I give her a big list, right? I mean, I can do that if I, you know, if, if I feel like it. But I can just say, I love you so much. And I don't need to. I don't even need in my head to say, must summon feeling of love, think of good things she has done, right? 
Right, because it's an emotion, right? It's a strong feeling. I know it's real. I understand myself. I understand her. It's valid. It's not something I need to... Yeah, absolutely. The emotional stuff has been a lot of work for me. I mean, it's all, you know, it's buried there, like we were saying before about my sensitivity and all that. I mean, it exists in there, but over the last several years before coming across FDR, I had worked, or <laughs> Egghead Jason has had worked his uh, <laughs> self himself to the surface and... right. You know, intellectual, you know, debates and, and everything were... And I have no doubt that you're excellent at that. Your language skills are fantastic. You're obviously very intelligent. But let me ask you this, because I know you got to go. But let me ask you this last question. And whatever it is you have to do, I mean, I would postpone it unless you're currently on fire. But <laughs> now that you know what I mean by the real honesty of that conversation, what is it that you want to say to your parents? Not what I have in a letter. Um, yeah, yeah, that was all. I mean, that was like a solicitor's letter. I mean, I appreciate that, and I respect what you're doing hugely. I hope you don't take the mocking the wrong way, because I've I wrote ten million worse letters in my life. But, um, uh, but uh, uh, what is it that you really? And I'm not. This doesn't have to go in a letter. This doesn't ever have to happen in reality. But but, but imagine if your parents are in the room. What mm-hmm. is it that you want to say about your experience within the family? Right. So, so in this family, I don't feel like I've. See, I'm coming up with reasons again. Yeah. What is the feeling? What is the feeling? What do you feel around these people? I know it's hard. It's hard. It's all there. I guarantee you. It's all there, but it's hard because we've got these defenses called debate and intellectualize and lecture and theory, right? Right. And the words for emotions are covered up by those, you know, the sure. reasons sure. for the emotions. Um, invisible. Okay. I feel like go. Sorry, go on. At, um... I feel invisible, invisible lead sorry invisible is not quite a feeling though it's definitely in the right direction what does that lead to um loneliness so the i feel lonely is one thing right so yeah i feel lonely and um uh Depressed. Um. Depressed is a, a, a um, clinical description. What is the feeling? I, sadness is the, is the feeling. I feel a great, a huge, a huge sadness. Now I can I can I can feel your body tensing up when you're talking about that. Am I wrong? Yeah. I'm, I was, uh, yeah, I'm moving to uh, lay down, actually. Okay, good, good. Now, try and, I know, and I'm not trying to, you know, give you any kind of emotional catharsis. I just want you to get the feelings that you're not talking about in the letter. 
So you can do whatever you want with them, right? But just to be aware of them and just try and keep your breathing relaxed. Try and keep your body relaxed because you're closing up like a fist. I can feel that because this is the defense. And that's good because that means that we're on the right path, right? Right. Um, and think of, think of how, how old are you? Uh, 27. Okay, 27, right? So you got more than a quarter of a century with these people, right? Yeah. And what's... Yeah, it's hard... It, sorry, go ahead. I, it's, it's hard to work through the past a lot for me because I've there's so much of it I don't remember yet. Right. Well, you, you, um, but you're not trying to remember what happened. You're trying to get to what you right. feel. That's how you'll get to what happened. Right, and I think that's what happened with the meditation, too, was really helpful for that. So, right. Um, but back out. Um, and now picture them. Really picture them in the room because that will help. Picture them in the room and... The quarter century you spent with these people and the resulting feelings that are right down in your core. Keep your body relaxed, keep your breathing slow and even. Okay. I, I feel a crushing anxiety about, about talking. Um, about things that are really important to me and have been for, you know, a long time. Like a, yeah, a crushing anxiety, a silencing anxiety. Um, and sorry to interrupt, where does that anxiety I, show up in your body? Is it your belly? Is it your yeah, chest? I was just going to say, yeah, it ties up my, um, it ties my guts up in knots and... Um, and it tightens up the back of my throat. Um, you know, like to <laughs> to stop me from talking. Um, and if the, and this uh, this is going to sound weird, but just go with me for a second. If that if that tension in the back of your throat could speak, what would it say? The tension itself. Yeah, the the closing, the the the. Cl- it would the... say shut shut up. Shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. Do not talk about this. Okay, so we know that that closing of throat comes from your parents, right? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Okay. okay. So try and, keep that, uh, try and keep that relaxed. Try and keep your neck relaxed. Try and keep your breathing even. Try and loosen your throat. And uh, keep talking about what else you feel about being in this family. I feel uh, see, and I can't <laughs> thinking of the emotions is very hard. I can think of the reasons ahead of them. Well. Do you feel the emotions but can't express them, or do you not feel the emotions? I, I, I mean, I know they're there. When I think about, I just have, to, I just have intellectual words for the emotional reasons. Well, let me, I mean, let me just say them, um, and maybe we can unbury the 
sorry, definitely. just before I'm gonna I'm gonna block that. And sorry to be totally annoying. Tell, tell me, because the intellectual stuff will lead you away from the body, which is where the the feelings are. Where are the feelings showing up, right? So you had one sadness or or a a tension, a don't speak, which closed up your throat. You had a tension in your gut. You said a, a, a sickening kind of anxiety in your gut. Right. Where else is your body manifesting emotion? I mean, that was it at that moment, but you're right. I escaped to the intellectual stuff and it went away. Right, right. But I'm having a hard time. Yeah, yes, I am having a hard time accessing the emotions without uh, the reasons hitting my my brain first. Right, and the reasons are, 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 are landmines planted on the path to yourself by your parents, because when the reasons come up, they can be debated, whereas the true feelings can't. What is it I wrote in my novel? I said, 19, out of tw 19 times out of 20, the life of the mind arises from the grave of the heart. Right. So just try and, try and figure out, and this doesn't, you don't have to do this with me now, you can do this anytime, I'm happy to keep going, but try and figure out where it is in your body that the feelings are showing up, or the tension, or the, where the muscles are contracting, or where you feel uh, different than normal. I definitely, definitely getting a ten, uh, tension in my jaw, like a clenching, mm. and um, <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> I don't even know what muscles they are, but they feel like they're inside my face, kind of under and behind my eyes. Right, right. Um, squeezing up, kind of getting in that I don't know so we've already got see no evil hear no evil oh, sorry we've already got see no evil speak no evil I'm waiting for your ears to drop off that's probably going to be the next the tears, symptom right the, uh, uh, it, it's sort of that, that tensing up before the tears come sort of in the face and behind the eyes thing it's right. not really a tension but it's uh, like in the same way that the, that the throat and the, and the jaw is and are you able to work on trying to relax that, to close your eyes, take oh, yeah. those deep breaths? And you can even massage the corner of your jaw where it meets your neck to right. try and loosen those muscles. And Yeah, I've done that. And and I don't know if it was about, you know, through talking about them that it, that it went away. But yes, every time I just try to... <laughs> Uh, close my eyes and consider my emotional experience, I guess I could. Well, the the reason that you're, again, this is my theory, but the reason that your emotions went away, Jason, is because you pictured, you worked on yourself and you lost the image of your parents in the room, right? Mm-hmm. Now, if you try this <laughs> juggling act, which is, is helpful, try to relax your body, feel your feelings, and imagine that your parents are sitting by your bed or, or in the room. Okay. Just keep working on them sitting there and you relaxing and you feeling with them in the room. Okay. And how does that feel? 
Um, I'm an, I'm an annoyed. Sure. Okay. And uh, let's. Irritated. Yeah. Go on. I, uh, I am. I'm annoyed and irritated. Um. And and why? Why do you know why? What's the thought that that comes before the irritation? Well, they're just sitting there. Um. And what do you want them to do, right? Ideally, if you're feeling sad, what would you want them to do? Um. What does your heart yearn for when you're feeling sad and your parents are uh-huh. in the room? Go on. A hug. Right. Would be good. Some eye contact, kisses on the forehead, a hug, and your mom or your dad sitting there and saying, Jason, tell me more about what you feel. I'm sorry that you're sad. Tell me what's happening for you. Gentleness, kindness, openness, concern, empathy, right? To be held by your parents and not to have them fall away like uh, rickety old trees that you lean on and they fall over. Right. And to be able to cry or to be able to be angry or to be able to laugh until you cried and have people join in with that feeling, to be part of that feeling for you in a safe and secure way, right? I'm feeling a wrenching sadness right now. Okay, go on. Tell me more about that. I, I do want to know. And I'm really sorry for all of this, but, but tell me what you're feeling. Oh, I'm, I'm crying uh, right now. Just because what you're describing didn't, it didn't happen when it needed to. I don't think it ever happened when it didn't need to either, right? No, it happened when... No, it did. It it happened when... Oh, not the emotional experience in that way, but it happened when they wanted it. The sense that I get, and this is just me trying my psychic helmet, so I apologize if I'm way off, but the sense that I get, Jason, is that... When, when I wrote the first draft of The God of Atheist, before I had to cut a whole bunch of stuff out, there was a scene with Alice as a baby. And, and Alice was reaching for her mother. Alice was reaching for Greta. And I wrote in it, I said, a baby will reach so hard for its mother that its soul will actually fall out of itself if the mother is not there. And I get a sense, or what I feel, is that you have a lot of heartbreaking experience reaching for contact, right? Through ghosts, through portraits, through emptiness. Yeah. That's absolutely true. And that's a, a dizzying and dangerous experience for a child when we reach out 
to the point where we uh, we almost fall out of ourselves and feel like we have out of body experiences and can't get back in it's te- we have to manage that we have to pull back from those needs for connection for visibility for empathy right right and when you reach for your just try this in your mind's eye when you reach you know, with trembling hands and a tear-stained face, and you reach for your mother. What is the expression on her face? Um, pained. Go on. Like, um... I don't know, like pain, like uh, eyebrow furrowed and like she's feeling hurt. Okay, so she's got a child who's reaching for contact. Two. Sorry? Like she's feeling hurt. Oh, well, go ahead. I was going to make a story up about it. Go ahead. Right. So she's got a child who's reaching for her, a child who is who is sad, who is angry, who is hurt, who is emotionally charged she has a child who's reaching for her and she feels what does she feel when you reach for her when you want to get that comfort and that empathy and that sympathy and that love I hmm you know this one. I was. I, know, I almost told you I didn't. Yeah, yeah. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> she doesn't want you to know, but you know this is one of the things that is the earliest and most terrible things that you know. Well, what what jumped into my head right away that I that I fought down was imposed upon. And why did you fight that down? Because I felt like it was a pat answer that would be acceptable in the context. And did you feel that, so you felt that it was a false answer, is that right? Well, part of me did. The part that fought it down, and... Okay, maybe it's not. Again, first impulses are usually good to go with, right? <laughs> right, that's why, that's why I brought it up. And now, you're laughing a little, right? Yeah. Now, this is a tragedy, though, right? I mean, a child who's reaching out for comfort from a parent. If you become a father, when you become a father... And your child is heartbroken and reaches for you, tears running down his face, and wants comfort more than he wants air. That's what we need as children. We need comfort. We need connection. We need love more than we need air. What will you do? I'll show concern. I'll I'll ask what's wrong. I'll reach back. Sorry, say that last part again. I'll reach back. Reach back? What do you mean? 
Uh, sorry, you said reach back. I just, I'm not sure what you mean. Well, if, if a child is reaching out to me right. for contact, I would reach back. Right. I would, now, you realize there's, there's two ways that works, right? Because reaching back also means reaching back through time, right? Okay, sure. Which comes out of the meditation, I think. Yeah. yeah. Right, so you will envelop that child with love and with compassion and with curiosity. And there will be times when you're a parent, when you're a father, when your child will not know that he is sad. But he will be. Right. Right? And what will you do in that situation? Ask questions. To see why... Why he seems to be... you know, acting differently. And you'll know it because you will feel sad, and you will say, I feel sad, but you don't seem sad. Right. What happened with your day? And you'll find it, right? Right. <sighs> yeah, I think... And so, just sorry, just... No, go ahead. Your, your, as you say, reaching back, reaching down, enveloping comforting, loving, being curious about helping the child to stay in touch with the instincts and the feelings that we're all born with. The ethical guides and reality processors called the instincts and the feelings. Right. Compare your sympathy and empathy with a child who is reaching out for you. Like a drowning man reaches for a log with what your mother did, which was what? Almost the opposite. The opposite. Which was what? So you reach out for her. You're crying. You're upset. She would make me try to get me to stop crying as soon as possible. And how would she do that? With noises and shush. Like there, there. Shit's not so bad. There, there, there. Now come on, dry your tears. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine, right? So you'd get a little bit of of there, there. Would you then get to snappy town, or like what happened if you kept crying or was, weren't comforted by these things? Um, <sighs> it feels like a lot to access. <laughs> the last time I cried uh, for comfort, wanting comfort from my mom. It would, yes, it would find, we would find Snappy Tone eventually. It would take a while, but, but it's there. And, and then, and then whatever, you know, abandonment sort of. Right. So if you refuse to be comforted, she would put you down or you'd be like, come on, stop milking it. Or now it's too much, right? Get a grip. Right. So for her, tears that you had were kind of like, it was kind of like burping a baby, right? You'd pat its back until it burped, and then you would be fine, right? 
Right. Now we're done with that. Right. 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 And you were you were aware of that disconnect, right? Oh yeah. Like you you felt her saying, "Oh, there, there, there," but it didn't, right? It didn't connect with you. Right. Right. It's not comforting if the if the problems aren't addressed. Right, and you feel that you you can't have the feeling, express the feeling, and have the feeling wash over you and subside like a a wave. What happens is you have to you can have the feeling for a little bit, but then you have to start dialing it down, self managing, repressing, right? Otherwise, you're going to get to Snappy Town, right? Right, and then nothing's resolved, and yeah. And it's and it's the same problem can just come back up the next time it feels like it. So at the beginning of the convo, I said that the reason the conversation is so hard is you're going back to this place, right? Right. Because you are expressing sadness, or anxiety, or anger, or whatever it's going to be with your mother which you have not done for decades, right? Decades, yeah. yeah. And you will re-experience that coldness, that management, that mechanical padding, right? Yeah. The sound of concern. Right, which is even more, if she just pushed you away, it would have been easier. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the opposite of concern, the opposite of concern for a child is not pushing that child away. The opposite of concern is pretending to care. Right, because then I would have just gone someplace else for comfort instead. Right. Right. Until I found it. Right. Or you would have learned uh, very strong self-soothing skills, right? Right. The most fucked up people in the world are the people who had the roller coaster parents. The I love you, I hate you parents. I care and I don't care. I pretend to care, right? The, the ones who just mess with your head that way. I don't mean that you're the most fucked up person in the world, because I'm not putting your parents right. into this category. I'm just saying that in this particular instance, the contradictory behavior is more disorienting for a child than, incons- than consistently bad behavior. Yeah, yeah. And that shows through in me to this day. I, you know, well, contradictory behavior seems to bother me a lot more than, <laughs> than almost everyone I know. Sure, sure. You know, so I'm glad that part stuck. Right. Um, and this is the stuff that, with the letter that you wrote at the beginning, you're not getting to. And that's my major concern for you in the future, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because if this stuff is still there, this hunger for connection is still there, then you have a big button which people can push to get you to do stuff, right? Right. You have this big, you know, it's like a, you already have a, a, a hook uh, in your cheek like you're a fish and you, the, 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 it's going up and there's a fishing rod and, and people just have to pick up the fishing rod and they've caught you, right? If you've got this kind of hunger, right? Right. 
How do you feel? Um, I know that uh, we, we kind of pushed the envelope a little there, and I just wanted to, to check in and, and how, how, how you feel about, about what, what we talked about. Um, I feel less confused um, and less defensive about it when I my initial reaction to some of the um, replies on the board were um, you know I felt like I had done something wrong and of course that's I mean it you know that's not the case but that was my emotional experience of it right away at first when I read some when I was reading the replies and um this this conversation right here has helped me make a lot more sense of of where that came from. You mean that feeling of um, of of having done something wrong with the letter or whatever? Right, that feeling of of oh, I don't have any idea what I'm doing here, and right, and uh, and everybody knows. Yeah, look, I mean, the community is still learning about empathy, and, and it's it's one of the toughest left lessons, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, that's why I thought a conversation would be would be helpful. And, and it, it cuts to the core, right? Whenever you ask for empathy, either explicitly or implicitly, right, as you did with your mother, and this is not to generate sympathy for her, just so you understand, she obviously mm-hmm. did not experience empathy when she was a child, right? And it causes her pain if she would actually provide it, she would then be aware of what was missing, right? For her. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And I have, in thinking about that before, I have noticed it for sure, yeah. You mean her capacity for empathy? Right. Why her empathy works the way it does. And, yeah, what it must have been like to be her as a kid. Right. And and that this is... um... Uh, this is this is neurobiology, right? This is the brain. The brain is not. I mean, there is, you know, <laughs> neuroplasticity, right? That we can teach ourselves new things. Empathy seems to be one of the harder ones, is, as far as that goes, right? Now you have it because you could empathize with yourself. Uh, you could empathize with with yourself in the um, uh, in the um, uh, meditation uh, from from that you did last night you could empathize with this idea of a child and you instantly also did empathize with what it was like to be emotional with your parents in the room which is irritation right which is their irritation you understand it's not yours right emotion makes them uncomfortable that well that's interesting because in my head it was my irritation with them no, and I'm sorry to be annoying, and I could be wrong, as, as I could be wrong about everything, but <laughs> but this is what my gut tells me, which again, might just be Indian food, but we'll go for it, right? But sure. when you, Jason, when you're, when you're reaching for someone, and they're cold towards you, mm-hmm. we feel our, our hearts get broken. Particularly when they're primary caregivers, it's, it's agony, right? Oh, yeah. No, what I was thinking of, actually, at that point when I said irritation was me laying there in the room and then just sitting. Yes, but you, won't fe- you, you wouldn't feel irritation after a couple of decades of not getting your emotional needs met by these people. 
that's pain, oh, that's I, anger, that's that's intense, I, right? Right. It was too no, small, uh, you know. You know, a shock bit my leg off, and it really um, ticked me off, right? <laughs> right. No, and and you know, now that I think about it, it might just, or not might, but it. Um, the other thought that occurred to me before I said irritation was I remembered another time very recently when I, I was actually laying in a bed. I, I had a terrible infection a few months ago and got put in the hospital where I live. And my parents decided against my wishes to come up and sit in my hospital room and stare at me all day. And it was really irritating that, you know, on the surface. Right, right. But I bet you that deep down, I'm sorry, I bet you that deep down it was completely heartbreaking. Well, it's heartbreaking that it's ir- that that I felt irritation for sure. I should, you know, I mean, yeah. But but you know that the, the emotions which other people do not express, we feel double, right? Right. And so I bet that your parents didn't like being put in this position. It was like, well, we have to go because we're good parents, but, you know, I don't want to comfort him. I don't know how to do it. It makes me feel weird. Right. Right. So, somebody who's sitting there against your wishes, right? I mean, as I mentioned on the show, right, when we moved into our house, we specifically told Christina's parents, don't come by the first day. They're finishing the house. We have movers coming. We've got people coming to install X, Y, and Z. It's going to be a madhouse. And we just knew they were going to be high maintenance, Right. Yeah. And they showed up. And Christina's dad sweeping the front porch, which is full of concrete, with the front door open, the wind blow all the concrete into the house, all the concrete dust into the house, <laughs> on our beautiful new hardwood and our wet paint, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, then he wanted to put a table together. And we said no. And so he starts putting the table together, and he's in the way of people, and they have to walk around him, and they drop something, and, like, just... Fuck. Right, I'm helpful, damn it. Right. It's like, stop fucking helping me. Right? Right. But but he felt irritated. And so he did all this stuff, which made us irritated. Yeah. So if you feel I irritation do. around yeah. your parents, my first suggestion would be that it's their irritation. Okay. That does make a lot of sense. And that, con- and the reason I say that as well is it conforms with your mother tightly patting, going there, 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 right? She's irritated. Mm-hmm. And it's a short fuse before, okay, enough. Right, right. And I don't know if it's... Well... I do. I do know. I'm. I'm sure it's probably gotten in the way that in recent times when I've tried to remember, you know, reconnect with that emotional part of my life back then, that I quickly come to the conclusion that I, you know, have a hard time accessing those memories, and so I just switch over to my brother, who's ten years younger than me, and try to see how they treated him. Because it would be very similar to the way I was treated. And I don't know if that probably, yeah, well, that almost definitely gets in the way, absolutely gets in the way of me feeling it, the re- you know, 
it's good evidence, but it's not going to be enough to connect you, right? Right. Now, the and last... That's probably been getting in the way. Yes, yes, for that's sure. That's what I've been doing quite a lot of. Right, because you're going to look for evidence, right? Right. Which is to say that the truth of my experience is somewhere outside me, right? Right. It's not. It's like, you, you have, God help you, right? You have these feelings that are thundering over the horizon coming to save you, right? Whether you fucking like it or not, right? I mean, they're right. doing that, right? The Miko system is like, right. oh, us? <laughs> right? Yeah. I must because I was, I was just, yes, I was shaking at the end of that meditation last night. Yeah, now you have activated. You know, they, they always have these uh, things in mythology, right? They delve too deep into the ground and they activate this beast because of their hunger for, you know, the Moria thing or whatever, right? They always have this in mythology. It's true. We knock, we, we sort of walk up to this door called the true self, right? And we, 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 we sort of, we knock on the door and we, huh, I think I hear something. And then the whole fucking thing comes off its hinges, right? <laughs> like six million things come pouring out, right? Right. And it's scary. Because we feel out of control. Bright. I'm sorry? Yeah. And it's loud and it's bright. And it's, it's loud and it's bright and it's scary and it's exhilarating and it is called authenticity, right? And you have this and, you know, all hail to you who kept these passions and these feelings through a desert of non-empathy as a kid. So this, you know, you're working and you're digging and... It's going to erupt, and it's going to, you know, take you with it, which is a fantastic and exhilarating thing. Uh, the true self does not arrive like a, a, a postage. It arrives like uh, a hurricane, right? And uh, so, I mean, I think that's good. The last thing that I wanted to mention, though, is that to me, there's one thing that's really absent from your letter, really absent. And I'll ask you, and we don't have to get into it uh, because it's just something to mull over. Why is there, Jason, no letter to your brother? Right. And and I need to to work through that because it's because I it's because I hold out hope of communicating with him. Right. Why is there no letter to your brother? I mean, why is, it, why is it that if you hold that hope of communicating with him, which I think is fantastic, and I think you absolutely should hold that hope out, why are you not communicating with him about this? Well, I wouldn't in that letter, because I don't want to, <laughs> to tell my brother that I... <laughs> uh, Okay, no, I under, look, I understand. I agree with you. Yeah. I completely agree with you, not in that letter. But what's I was the plan? Shoot him, I was going to shoot him a message when I put their letter in the mail. A message? What do you mean? Like an email? Uh, I was, yeah. Oh, dude. Oh, dude. <laughs> an email is not going to do it. An email is fine for a Dear John letter to the parents. But if you want to maintain this connection with your brother, which I think would be fantastic, right? I mean, if you can help get him out or help get him connected, uh, that would be great. But why mm -hmm. not, I mean, why not at least call. a call, if not a face-to-face? -face? Right. I mean, is he thousands of miles away? No. 
So, I mean, he lives with them. Yeah, yeah, but so what? I mean, hold off on the letter to your parents. I would say talk to your brother. Right. Right. Don't talk to him about defooing. Don't talk to him about FDR. Don't, God's sake, don't talk to him about theory or evidence. Just talk to him about what you feel and what your history and experience. And you care for him, right? I get a strong sense that you really care about him. Yeah. Well, microwave him, brother. <laughs> microwave him with your passion and your feeling and your care for him. Yeah. Speak your heart to him as deeply and as richly as you can. Right. Right. Because if you send a letter to your parents and a message to him, your parents are going to grab a hold of his mind and pour all their mythology into his ear, right? Like, Right, and they've already got all kinds of ports opened up on it. Oh, absolutely, and it's going to be a tough battle, for sure. Right. But, I mean, I think that you, if I, if I understand my feelings about your feelings, then it would be agony for you to think of escaping and leaving him behind. If yeah, there was anything you could do. It, it absolutely would, at this point. I think at any point. I mean, if you were in, if you were both in a car that went off a pier, you wouldn't like, hey, I'm out, right? Oh, no, no, not at all. Um, I just don't, I mean, I can't know how, how he'll react to Emotional honesty. No, you, you know. can't, but it is the best or chance. And how, it's, Sorry, you can at least control how honest and open you are right. and have it be part of the plan, right? Right, right. Right, and that's just an essential. And even if it's just planting a seed, right? Maybe he'll, like, roll his eyes and, and go, like, in the way that only 17-year-olds can do, right? And, and, and maybe, but, but it will be there, right? The honesty that we bring into people's lives, it sits there, right? In a sense, their whole mythology begins to orbit that authentic moment, right? Right, right. Definitely. And this, I'm afraid, is what it means to be heroic. Right? This is the kind of courage, this is the kind of dedication to truth and to honesty and to virtue and connectedness. This is what it means, as far as I've ever been able to figure it out, this is what it means to be heroic. <laughs> to will the world to start turning around the truth is an act of mad presumption, but I don't know any other way to help the world. Boy, I bet you wish it never donated to PK status now, huh? 
<laughs> it's like maybe he would have left me alone if I hadn't donated. Oh, I, yeah, I've, and yeah, and I very specifically, I I think I know for sure on on occasions in the past, I've very specifically avoided talking with you about things. Um, that I was talking with, you know, with other people about. Right, right. Um, I mean, I know that. I've been listening for almost a year now. Um, just about. And you're doing fantastically. I mean... I always hate to say that to people because it sounds like uh, I'm, I'm, I don't know, handing out favors or party favors or something. But seriously, man, you're doing incredibly well. I mean, the work you did in this call, the work that you're doing in your personal life, the communication that you have on the board, you're doing fantastically. I mean, you just, yeah. you should incredibly, like, take a bow, be, be incredibly proud of yourself. This is really hard stuff, and you are just doing amazingly. I'd like to make it uh, consistently fantastic. Hell, I would too, right? It's hard for I mean, I would too. I can't. I can't claim that either. But, um, but uh, you know, let's let's at least be proud of you know. If we've got a thousand miles to climb, let's at least be proud of the ten thousand we climbed in a year, right? Yeah. I suppose it is that last ten thousand that's. The hardest, anyway. Now, the, I said what I wanted to say. M my suggestion, I know you've got an appointment. I would still suggest take the 12 minutes, do the meditation one more time, because you, you do have um, even more of an access to, to your feelings, if I if I get you correctly. Yeah. Um, I've heard of people who are doing the meditation regularly, and it's working quite well, so I might just start doing that as well. Yeah, I, I mean, what I mean by that is do it, like, right out, right now. Oh, I see. Yeah, unfortunately, that's not the case at all. I've... I absolutely got to go to work. <laughs> okay, go, go. And I'm sorry for keeping you so long. I really do no, appreciate fine. it. That's fine. It's it's uh it's extra time, so okay. it's uh, overtime so they won't be mad at me or anything, but okay. I and, do but, not but, have the time for that, unfortunately. No problem. Well, I'll I'll let you go then, but but do the uh do the meditation uh before you go to bed tonight if you can. Certainly. Yeah, absolutely. I will do that. Well, thanks, man. And fantastic work. Uh, and I really do appreciate you digging in uh, th this way. I appreciate the trust. And uh, I'm, I'm hoping it was uh, good for you, too. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. All right, man. I'll talk to you soon. Okay, thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>